Hello everybody, welcome back, welcome in. It's time for episode four of Punk Rock and Politics. I am Andrew for America. And I missed you guys. It's been a while since I put out a podcast and I'm going to do one for you right now. Uh, This episode is entitled The Devil in the Newsroom. And I'm going to play a couple clips today uh, that I want to set up a little bit first before I play them, just to kind of give you guys uh, an overview of where I'm going and where uh, where my thought process is with this one. So um, I'm going to play two clips today. One clip is from a TV show called, or actually an HBO show called The Newsroom. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw The Newsroom. It's probably one of my all-time favorite anything I've ever seen on TV ever. Uh, there's three seasons. Uh, it's, a, it's a show that was created by Aaron Sorkin. And if you guys know who Aaron Sorkin is, he is a TV and movie genius creator uh, in Hollywood. And he has created some amazing things. Uh, this is one of his masterpieces, in my humble opinion. Uh, and... I kind of want to set up the stage. I set the stage before I play this first clip. So this is literally the first scene of the first episode of the TV show The Newsroom, and uh, the stage is set. We're in a room full of college students, and they're having a Q and A after a debate. Uh, three people are sitting on the stage. It's a Democrat, a Republican, and actor Jeff Daniels, who is the star of this show. And he is playing John McAvoy, who is the lead anchor for, uh, I forget the news network in the show, uh, the theoretical one, but he is the main lead. Uh, And he is on stage with these other two people, uh, uh, presumably from the left and then from the right. And the moderator of the debate asks the question, can you say in one sentence or less... (laughs) Why America is the greatest country in the world. Okay? Uh, Then the scene goes to the Democrat says a little thing, and then the Republican says a little thing, and then it's Jeff Daniels, John McAvoy's turn, and he says something funny. Uh, And then while the moderator's talking to him, somebody in the crowd is showing him a sign. And I'm not going to spoil the show for you, but this person in the crowd has something written on the side. Uh, I'm sorry, on the sign that she is showing him, that she wants him to see. And then he has this moment of struggle where he's like, "Mm, I don't know if I can say this. I probably don't want to speak my mind. Uh, It's not going to be politically correct, right? And then the debater or the moderator says, you know what? No, I want a human moment from you. I'm going to press you on this. And then he sees the sign again and he says, oh, just what the person on the left and right said, you know, diversity and opportunity and freedom and freedom, which you'll see in a minute. You'll see in a minute. And then he gets pressed again and that's it. He goes into character and gives what has been called the most honest three minutes in television history. And I'm going to play it for you now. And 
I really want you to listen with an open mind and just think about this genius piece of television. Here we go. This is scene one of episode one of The Newsroom on HBO. One sentence or less, what? <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Can you say why America is the greatest country in the world? Diversity and opportunity. Lewis? Uh, freedom and freedom. So let's keep it that way. Will. The New York Jets. <laughs> Sorry, his name's Will McAvoy, not John McAvoy. No, I'm going to hold you to an answer on that. What makes America the greatest country in the world? Well, Lewis and Sharon said it. Diversity and opportunity and freedom and freedom. Right now he sees the sign from the person in the crowd. And he's starting to think about it. I'm going to get real. He says to himself. I'm not letting you go back to the airport without answering the question. He sees the sign again. Well, our Constitution is a masterpiece. James Madison was a genius. The Declaration of Independence is, for me, the single greatest piece of American writing. You don't look satisfied. One's a set of laws and the other's a declaration of war. I want a human moment from you. He sees the sign again, and... What about the people? Why is it not the greatest greatest country in the world? Professor, that's my answer. You're saying yes. Let's talk about fine. Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of her paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey, and with a straight face, you're going to tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yet you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. One of them is there is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation, period, ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? Ooh, the crowd's upset. The girls look looking sad. Poor college student. And listen to this. Sure used to be. Pay attention. We stood up for what was right. We fought for moral reasons. We passed laws, struck down laws for moral reasons. We waged wars on poverty, not poor people. 
We sacrificed. We cared about our neighbors. We put our money where our mouths were, and we never beat our chest. We built great big things, made ungodly technological advances, explored the universe, cured diseases, and we cultivated the world's greatest artists and the world's greatest economy. We reached for the stars, acted like men. We aspired to intelligence. We didn't belittle it. It didn't make us feel inferior. We didn't identify ourselves by who we voted for in the last election, and we didn't, we didn't scare so easy. <laughs> we were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed. Everyone in the crowd's filming. By great men, men who were revered. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. Hi. All right. Welcome back. Uh, again, this is episode four uh, of Punk Rock and Politics. And... I missed you guys. It's been a while since I put a podcast out. Um, whew, man, I tell you what, lots been going on. Uh, this podcast is uh, kind of near and dear to my heart. I really like the content of this one. I really, really want you guys to just think about some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today. And um, yeah, I guess I'm just going to get here we go. So the newsroom. The newsroom uh, won't, probably one of my favorite TV shows I've ever watched. And Will McAvoy, not John McAvoy, Will McAvoy, the character of Jeff Daniels, uh, I think it's one of his best performances of anything he's ever done, ever. All three seasons, he was amazing. Great character. Um, Aaron Sorkin's writing. I mean, if you're an actor... And Aaron Sorkin writes the screenplay or the you know the script, whatever. You're probably gold. You're gonna be okay. You you might win some awards if you if you can pull it off. Um, you know, and and I just kind of my theme today is just you know, you know, it, it's really just about there's so many people who claim to just hate America, and. You know, America's the worst to it. You know, we have such a racist history. And, uh, you know, we're, we want to take down all of our statues. We want to forget our history. We want to just, you know, make people not even feel American, quote unquote. What does that word mean? Like, people don't want to be proud of being Americans anymore. You think that's good? You think that's going to help our civilization and our society? Are we ever going to be willing to just forgive and never forget? I'm not asking us to forget our history, but can we forgive people? Can we love our neighbor ever? You know what I mean? Like, does, is it really, am I just crazy or do I really, am I one of the few people in the world that still thinks that you can turn off social media and go knock on your neighbor's door? Say hi. How you doing? Oh, kids look cute. Oh my gosh, I have kids too. I don't. But, you know, you get my point. Like, I posted on Facebook a while ago, turn off the news and love your neighbor. All of us are living in a screen time world. All of the information that we are processing through our brains 
are is coming from a screen majority of the time now. It's just the way it is. I know I'm an idealist when I say, oh, I can't, we can't walk this back. We can't maybe go back to something, what, you know, less tech uh, infiltrated, whatever you want to say, right? Um, But, you know, this this newsroom bit, I mean, it's just, seriously, go back and listen to it. I mean, you guys are going to hear me say that a lot. That the Will McAvoy bit is amazing. And... You know, it's it's one of those things. Oh, uh, there's so many places. There's so many things I could say about it. Just you know, pause this, whatever. Go back, listen to it, or look it up on YouTube. The most honest three minutes in television history. And you know, America's not the greatest country in the world anymore, people. By a lot of metrics, that wasn't just TV. A lot of there's a lot of truth and a lot of reality in that clip. If you take the time to go look it up and do some research on your own. And, you know, it, there's just so many people that claim to just hate America. And yet America, you know, there's, yet these same people are just a living amazing lives. Granted, they could all, it could always be better. Obviously, it, everything could always be better. You know, whenever you're standing here and you look over there, you see what's good over there and you can't wait to get over there. Once you get over there, now that you're there, you look back at where you were and you're like, you know what? Now I want to go over there. Like, are you ever going to be satisfied? Is happiness something that you can look for when you don't choose it? No. You know why? Because happiness is a choice, people. Happiness is something that you choose to be. It is not determined by your situation and by your set of circumstances. What I was talking about before is just like there's so many people uh, that claim to just hate America. Let's just forget our history. Let's not all learn from our history and grow and, and you know, uh, promise each other that we're just not going to do those things to each other ever again. You know, I get it. Racism is a thing. Discrimination is a thing. In our past, slavery was a thing. I get it. It's terrible. It is horrible. It is unfair. It was, you know, very feeble-minded uh, at its core. And, you know, thank the gods that we are now moving into the 21st century. Where it's 2021 and people are being a little bit more racially aware. You know, I mean, I think that that it's important for all of us to understand those those concepts but you know there is a point where you start taking it a little too far and now you're becoming just as fundamentalist and just as terrorist and just as crazy psycho nut job as the you know white supremacists out there the uh you know the not very smart people that were driven to storm the capitol steps not out of philosophical um you know it wasn't from a philosophical root where a lot of those people found their motivation to go storm the capital steps nor it was it was from groups of people on social media again mainstream media coverage 24 7 negative in your face all the time if you don't if you can't take the time to find calm meditate 20 minutes a day uh 
deep breaths. You know what I'm saying? Do a little reading. Take some time. Consider what you're reading. Let it swirl around a bit before you form your opinion. You know, I understand. A lot of people hate America because it used to be very racist and slavery used to be a thing. I get it. I get it, people. I totally, as a white boy from rural Minnesota, I understand. And I empathize. I feel your pain. I will never know the struggle of someone from a different racial group than me. I understand that. I understand that privilege exists. I understand that life isn't fair. Some of us are born on third base and thought we hit a triple. Some of us were born negative at bat. I get it. But what are we going to do? Are we going to watch the downfall and the end of the American dream and the American promise and, you know, the philosophical roots that form this country? Humans aren't perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We are fallible, imperfect creatures. A lot of your egos are probably hurt that I just said that. I'm going to say it again. You are not perfect. You are fallible. Uh, uh, subject to mistake making quite a bit of the time. More often than not. Own it. Take responsibility for your own life, for your actions. Virtue. Have some virtue. Make your life mean something. My great, my great, great, I want to say, grandfather is from Germany. And he was a huge asshole. So clearly that runs in the family. Uh, <laughs> but when he was 15 years old, 15 years old, his parents put him on a bus out of the country because they didn't believe that he was safe in Nazi Germany. He eventually found his way to a boat. At 15 years old, he took the road unknown because he had no choice. And he sailed to North America, Ellis Island, like a lot of your great-great-grandparents great did. Maybe even grandparents. Who knows? I don't know how old you are. But you get the point. Can you imagine being a 15-year-old child in a new country, not speaking the language, with no parents, no guard, legal guardians, no friends? You don't even know anybody. That was his life. He built his own life in this new world because he had no choice at 15 years old. You ever see the movie V for Vendetta? Highly recommend it. One of the most amazing movies you could ever watch if you hope to put into context the things that you're seeing happen in this world right now with regards to societies and government and control. 
Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. But there's a line in that movie that I, I'm thinking about right now, just telling you the story about my great-great-grandpa. Or maybe his great-great-great-grandpa. I don't know. I'm not good at math. But um, uh, what's the girl's name that's in... Uh, she's Her character is Evie. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman has a line... I don't want to ruin, I don't want to spoil the movie for you, but, uh, and it's famous. I think you've probably seen it on social media before. Someone's probably posted it trying to be super profound. It says, not until you've lost everything, are you free to do anything? Ask yourself, is the American way of life, all this stuff, all this buying cool things you see on Amazon and, you know, just spend, spend, spend money you don't have on things you don't need. You know, what if what if you chose to not spend your money on things you don't need and instead you put it into investments or you put it into a fund to do something entrepreneurial or you find a way to... Uh, Get a business plan together, find some people that like it and are willing to invest in it. You know, more people don't do that. You know, I wonder why. I wonder why. Maybe it's because they're in front of a screen watching cable TV, mainstream media, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day. Who knows? I don't know. I'm getting redundant here. Uh, But I'm going to move on. So I just wanted to talk about this stuff. You know, like America isn't so bad, people, comparatively speaking. You know what a cost-benefit analysis is? Do it. Do a cost-benefit analysis. Look at America up against the rest of the world. If you listen to the newsroom clip I just played for you, you know that Will McAvoy just said, we're 25th in this, we're 3rd in this, we're, you know, he went down the line. He didn't say America was first in anything except for what? What did he say? Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of Americans who believe angels are real and defense spending where we spend more money than the next 25 nations combined, 24 of which are allies. Think about that if it's true. Think about that for a minute. What's the reason behind that? That's scary to think about. I, I, I'm like, Ugh, uh, I don't want to think about that. Dear, I'm going to go drink my beer. Dear, oh, the football game's on. Game's on. Dear, uh, I'm just going to go pretend I didn't hear that, you know, cognitive dissonance. You know, and then you'll hear like five seconds of what I say and then you'll get on Facebook and uh, you'll see someone talking about something similar. And now that you heard me talk about it, you'll be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm qualified to talk about this. Let me jump on these comments. And you know what happens next, right? You're just slamming your keyboard trying to get the next good point in until someone stops typing and then you won. Oh, yeah. Jerking myself off. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah, my ego. I'm so amazing. Ooh, I beat people at being smart when, I'm, when really I'm stupid. AF. I heard a smart person say something smart on this thing, and now I find feel that I'm qualified to talk about it. 
with no investigation, no intellectual curiosity, no intellectual honesty. All I want to do is beat you and make you feel like shit because I feel like shit because my life is pathetic and I'm useless and I'm terrible at everything. And so I'm just going to tear you and everything and everybody down around me and feed my ego. That's the devil, people. I don't even care if you're religious. That's the devil. That's the devil talking to you. That's the devil on your shoulder saying, hey, you know what? Don't be a moral, upright, just human being. Why would you do that? That's not how you win in life. You want money and fame and fortune. You want to be a celebrity. You want people to love you and respect you. But is there anything to love and respect? That's a rhetorical question. Don't answer it. Just think about it. Do you, is there anything about you to love and respect? Do you love and respect yourself? Are you able to be thankful for how good of a life you have, how lucky you are, regardless of the color of your skin, to be born in the United States of America. You know how lucky you are? You know how, much, you know how grateful you should be? Yeah, America's got its problems. Yeah, we got a, stor- a storied, uh, unfair, terrible, racist, whatever you want to say past. I get it. I read history. I know. But do you know? I'm about to play you a clip that comes from the baby boomer generation. It comes from a time when the people that lived in this country were a lot more religious, a lot more Christian anyway, I would say. Christianity was a lot more prevalent and People live their lives uh, according to, I guess, the Bible's teachings or according to what they thought their community's view of how to live under God's law uh, was supposed to be. I live in Minnesota, very religious place, Norwegian, uh, Swedish, Finland, Danish, uh, you know, Scandinavians are historically very religious people. I want to play a clip by Paul Harvey. You guys know Paul Harvey? Paul Harvey, good day. He used to end his show with all the time. Yeah, well, Paul Harvey, and a lot of you probably know where I'm going with this. My friend Scott uh, sent me this clip, and when he sent it to me, I was like, yep, I'm putting this in a podcast at some point. Don't know how it's going to fit. Turns out it fit in my very next podcast. So um, let me set this up. I don't really care if you're religious or not. Um, I don't really care if you agree with what you're about to hear. I just want you to, with an open mind, consider and listen and think without any judgment, 
without filtering it through your own partisan bullshit ideas of what, you know, you think you, you know, you're, you know, whatever your filtration system is for the information you receive, just think about what this man is saying and consider it. And then put it into the historical context of the time that it occurred. This was said, I don't know, maybe it was later than the baby boomer generation. Maybe Paul Harvey did this in like the 60s or 70s. I don't really know. Maybe one of you guys will email me and tell me about it. But right now it's sitting at 3,402,363 views on YouTube. And if you played it for your parents, I'm sure they would be like, yep, country's gone to crap. That's proof right there. See, Paul Harvey knew back in the day. And you would probably say something like, oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, Let's just get you back to bed, grandma, grandpa, right? But there's a lot, a lot of wisdom, I'm sorry, in what you're about to hear. There is a lot of wisdom. And I really do hope that you people respect your elders, and be thankful for what I'm about to play for you. This clip is called, If I Were the Devil, which, you know, I'm just going to play it for you. I wanted to talk more about it. I'm going to change my mind. Without further ado, If I Were the Devil by Paul Harvey. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money 
If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want it until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the, is the way, way to be. be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. Whew. Boy, I tell you what, people. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm playing things when I play these clips. I feel like I want to keep saying the exact same thing. Pause this podcast. Go listen to it again. Listen to it as many times as you have to until it sinks in. You don't have to be a man or woman of God to listen to that clip and say to yourself, wow, was Paul Harvey a prophet like George Carlin? How much of that bit that Paul Harvey just said to you his, if I were the devil speech, how much of that is accurate, actually happening in reality today? I'm going to go with 95% of it. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. I don't care. I do not give a crap what your party affiliation is. I could care less. If we are going to move forward as a nation, we're going to have to swallow our pride, admit fault, take the high road, be courageous enough to take the road unknown, strive, long for better days. Or would you rather just sit in your little docile, sedentary lifestyle, mom's basement, in front of your computer, letting the screen time wash over you, pissing you off, upsetting you, making you feel less than, making you feel unworthy, making you feel like you don't have any value in this world. And the, way you f- the reason why you feel that way is because it's by design the people behind your screens are seducing you are luring you in to bed so they can infect you with diseases of which there is no cure if i were the devil i'd just keep on doing what i'm doing and you know what They've been doing it since World War II. They've been doing it since 1913. 
They've been doing it since even before that. What do you think? What do you think about America? You think it's worth saving? Is your lifestyle worth saving? Or should we just throw it all away? Forget where we came from? Ensure that all those lives lost in all those wars were in vain? For no good reason? All that, all that life was lost here in the 21st century because we're just, a lot of us are just like, you know what? America's terrible. Ooh, everybody's a racist. Ooh, everybody's a sexist. Ooh, everybody's against uh, the L- LGBTQ community. Oh, you know, uh, it's just, mm, 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 I'm so upset. Mm, I'm so triggered. Mm, I'm just, mm, 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 I don't want to talk about it. Hey, let's have a conversation. No, no, you're wrong. I'm right. Mm-hmm-hmm. I'm I'm holier than thou. I'm just going to walk around all privileged and egocentric and ooh, I'm so perfect. Ooh, look at me. I'm so awesome. I say all the right things and I do all the right things and I'm never wrong. I'm going to take a break and uh breathe. <sighs> take a deep breath, Drew. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. All right, guys. Uh, it's punk rock song time uh, here on punk rock and politics. Uh, a little while ago, I said something about living for better days, and I'm about to play you guys a punk rock song by a little band I love from Southern California called Ignite, and this song is called "Live for Better Days." How? coincidental (laughs) it's almost like i planned it here we go people ignite punk rock from southern california baby orange county live for better days save it for tomorrow just let me get some sleep in let me
by my side As the memory starts to fade Now I live for better days Oh boy, Punk Rock and Politics episode 4 and now. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Please, please, just consider the ideas I'm trying to get into your brains on this podcast. For you, for me, for all of us, I love you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Episode 5 coming soon. Go listen to Ignite. Orange County, California. You guys are getting a sneak peek at the end of this record. Nobody that has never heard this has heard this. You're welcome. You guys are at the after show right now, like friends of the band only. Yes, that is a different language. Don't you feel more worldly? I love you guys. Go listen to Ignite. Thank you. Episode 5 coming soon. This is Andrew for America. This was punk rock and politics. Peace. See you next time.